0: This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Maybe it's a bit easier when a couple's paying down like $5,000 of credit card debt to become debt-free, but you guys are working on $103,000 of debt. That is a boatload. Dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill. And today we're answering two questions from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community. And after that, our FinTech Spotlight segment is going to feature Cody Barbo and Patrick Hicks from Trust and Will. Cody and Patrick are going to talk to us about why we need a trust to protect our family. And we're going to learn from them how their company is helping families do this easily online. Now, the audio during the first couple of minutes of that interview isn't the best because I did this as a live stream on Facebook, but it gets much better as the interview rolls on. So if you guys could just stick with me for a little bit during the interview, because the information is super important. All right, let's jump into today's show. Question of the month comes in from Daniel from Texas, who wrote me on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Andy Hill if you guys want to get a hold of me as well. Hey, Andy, my wife and I have been married for three years. We are currently trying to pay down approximately $103,000 of debt. We initially started with $190,000 of debt when we got married. So we are progressing. What's the best approach to talking about debt and tackling it together? We've taken the Dave Ramsey course and are currently doing the debt snowball, but at times we get into little arguments on our approach on how to tackle this debt. Any advice on how to handle that? And what did you guys do to stay gazelle intense while on your debt-free journey? We are starting to get pressure from family about having kids, and she feels like we are stagnant in our lives due to this debt. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for hitting me up on Facebook there, Daniel. First of all, incredible job on paying down around $90,000 of debt since you got married. That is an insane amount of money. Kudos to you and your wife, man. That is awesome. That sort of commitment is, it's pretty rare, and you should absolutely be commended for it. <laughs> to your question, good sir, it sounds like you've gotten hooked up with Mr. Ramsey and that is awesome. Dave is definitely the king of slaying debt in my opinion. I have the opportunity to coordinate a financial peace university class at my church and it just works, man. It's it's a great program. So first things first, just stick with what you're doing because you are headed in the right direction. Now let's talk about how to keep the drive alive with this debt crushing process. Maybe it's a bit easier when a couple's paying down like $5,000 of credit card debt to become debt free, but you guys are working on $103,000 of debt. That is a boatload. So here are five things to consider as you are crushing that big debt number. Number one, set a budget party date. At the beginning of each month, review your budget and your debt amounts with your wife. This activity is going to help set the tone for you for the month. During this budget party, you can do a few things. You could talk about your long-term goals as a couple. You can plan your spending and your saving for the month. You can track your debt pay down process. And you can discuss ways you can make more money through your full-time jobs or through side hustles or just selling stuff around the house. That could make a big difference with the debt. Now, don't forget to make this a recurring and fixed date on your calendar. If you do it just once and then you don't stick with it, you're definitely going to lose the momentum. Since you're writing me this note, Daniel, you are probably going to be the budget party meeting leader. So take charge and set the tone. Number two, find a budgeting tool that makes the process easy. Nicole and I use Mint as our budget tool of choice, and we have been using it for probably seven years now. But there are a ton of other options specifically for couples like Zeta or HoneyFi. Those are two that I like. Find one that works well for you and your wife and run with it. I'm going to include an article that I wrote with 10 of these budget tool options that some of them are free, some of them are paid, but you're gonna get a good uh, you're gonna get a good opportunity to you know, examine the landscape and see which one works well for you. And if you don't like the idea of an online budgeting tool, that is no problem. Some people just like writing it down on a piece of paper and a pencil or using a spreadsheet. Whatever you want to do, just get it started. Number three, infuse some fun into the process. Now that you're consistently getting together to track your progress together, try to add in a little fun so you both want to show up each month to keep paying down the debt. Put some sort of visual indicator of your success on the wall or your refrigerator so you can track your progress with the debt pay down process. I like the idea of like a debt thermometer. You can get one of these on Amazon. I'll put a link in the show notes for you guys. But essentially, you purchase it and then you write your debt number on, and then you fill up the thermometer to see how close you are to your goal, and you get all excited about it, you get motivated every day when you see that big debt number start to fall away. Nicole and I used to use a big whiteboard, and we use this when we were paying off our forty-eight thousand dollars of debt. It felt incredible to physically erase the number each month on the whiteboard and then write a smaller one on the board. It just felt so good. <laughs> And your budget parties can include things like, oh, you know, wine or beer or pizza, something that feels like a party, make it a little more fun. Whatever makes you feel like you're planning your future and having fun versus just being stuck in like a boring board meeting or something like that. (laughs) Number four, don't feel pressure to have children until you're ready. That was another thing that I heard from this message, and it seems just like adding a lot of pressure onto your plate. Having kids is a lot of work. I mean, a lot. I had no idea how much work it was going to be. And if you're not ready to have children, then wait. Don't let outside pressure from family or anybody really dictate when you're going to have children. This is your life and your future. And if you're already feeling stressed about your debt, adding children into the picture may pile on some additional stress to your relationship and your marriage. Number five, on the flip side, don't let your debt hold you back from having children. If you and your wife are thrilled about the prospect of becoming parents, then go for it. Don't let your debt hold you back. When I learned I was going to be a father for the first time, I went absolutely nuts on my debt. I wanted it to be gone before she was born. My daughter's ultrasound photo was this visual motivator to keep me going. I went out of my way to earn more money at work, sell a bunch of stuff around the house, and save more money overall in our budget because I knew that our future debt freedom was going to set my family on an incredible path of wealth and happiness. All right, let's recap those five ideas for you to consider with your debt pay down process. Number one, set a budget party date. Number two, find a budgeting tool that makes the process easy. Number three, infuse some fun into the process. And number four, Don't feel pressure to have children until you are ready. And then number five, the last one here, don't let your debt hold you back from having children if you want to. Daniel, I hope this advice helps you in your debt pay down journey. Please reach out to me when all this debt is destroyed because I want to celebrate your victory on this show because what you've already done and what you're about to do is simply incredible. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire Plans, per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Telo plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Telo, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up, the code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Telo. Thanks for considering our sponsors today, everybody. Let's jump back into the show. And for our second question of the month, that comes in from Nathan from Michigan on my Facebook page again at facebook.com slash Andy MKM. Come and check me out there. Andy, wife's new job, a lot of benefits such as insurance, 401k and FSA. We're going back and forth debating about FSA contributions. We send our daughter to daycare and advice was to get the FSA. The limit is $5,000 per year. Is it really worth it? How does it work? Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for connecting on my Facebook page, Nathan. And great question, by the way. I don't think i chat about the incredible advantages that you can get from your workplace often enough on this show. And it's a good reflector, too. You know, we talk about financial independence all the time and, you know, trying to find your own business and things like that. But if you look inside what you have with your benefits at work, man, there is so many golden things that are there that it's kind of hard to pass up on. So let's talk about what your wife has going on here at her new job and let's discuss your FSA question and then. I wanna talk about some of the other benefits that people should consider taking advantage of when they're at a full-time gig. All right, so let's talk about flexible spending accounts. So the dependent care FSA option at work that you're talking about can save you a lot on taxes. So yes, you should consider it, and it can be a great option for this daycare situation you are describing with me. The FSA is essentially a separate account where you can save pre-tax money for use on qualified expenses. And as you described, one of those qualified expenses in the case of your wife's workplace is dependent care, or also known as preschool, summer day camps, or before and after school care. Let's talk about the savings. So for easy math, let's say you do the dependent care FSA max at $5,000 per year, like you were saying. And again, everybody, we're recording this in 2019. So as far as maxes and things like that, And let's just say you're in the 30% tax bracket for easy math. You would save around $1,500 per year in taxes or $125 a month. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty worth it to me. That's quite a bit of money. I did an FSA for my LASIK surgery back in 2015, 2016. It was about half that amount, around $2,500 that I contributed and I was very happy with the around 700 bucks in tax savings. The less you can pay in taxes, man, the better off you are. <laughs> now, remember that an FSA is the use it or lose it program. So make sure you use all those dollars before the year is up. I looked at this article from CBS News, and evidently the average FSA holder loses around $50 to $100 per year. So try to plan carefully, or if you think you're not going to use all that 5,000 bucks, maybe try to do some calculation to find out where your best amount will be to not lose money at the end. All right, so that answers, hopefully that answers your FSA question there. Uh, Another benefit I want to talk about briefly while we're talking about workplace benefits is the 401k. Yes, the 401k. If your wife's employer matches her 401k contributions, I would highly recommend that she take advantage of it. This is free money we're talking about here. So for example, let's say her employer matches 10% of her contributions and she contributes to the max of $19,000 per year. Again, we're recording this in 2019, everybody. That is the, the max. She would get 1,900 bucks of free money from her employer. I mean, you, you just can't pass up free money. It is, it's just so free. <laughs> if she's not sure which funds to pick or she's concerned with confusing things like fees and diversification, we had a sponsor called Bloom that I would totally recommend. They are a great company. It's a service that helps make the 401k investing process a lot easier. Even if she doesn't want to use their paid service, which helps you to save on fees, helps you figure out which funds to get, they have a free 401k check that she can use to make sure she's investing in her 401k in the most optimum fashion. So if you go to marriagekidsmoney.com slash Bloom, you can get that free 401k check and then see if uh, Bloom is something you wanna use to help you out. So outside of the 401k, gotta talk about the health savings account, HSA, a little bit. And this is not a use-it-or-lose-it program like the Flexible Spending Account. That's why one of the reasons I really love the HSA. Essentially, it is a savings account designed specifically for health care expenses. So it's exactly how it sounds, a health savings account. Costs like doctor fees, prescription medications, dental treatments, and even your contact lenses can be covered under an HSA. So your wife would have to be signed up for a high-deductible health plan, though, HDHP, in order to participate. That is one caveat of the HSA. I started an HSA with Lively last year because my company didn't offer the HSA, but I did have the high-deductible health plan, and I wanted to take advantage of the awesome benefits of an HSA. And so I jumped in with Lively, and I love their platform, no fees, You can choose to save your contributions into an FDIC insured savings account, or you can invest the money, which I really like, with TD Ameritrade. Those HSA contributions are tax deductible, and your investments grow tax-free. And you can withdraw your money tax-free at any time, as long as you're using the funds for qualified medical expenses. It is another awesome workplace perk. Now, I just want to list out a few other workplace benefit perks that your wife should look into. The opportunity here is to really take advantage of what's offered to you and you know, get the most out of the perks that you have. So obvious one, health insurance, take advantage of that. Dental insurance, vision coverage, short-term disability, long-term disability, Sometimes offices provide a portion of their of a life insurance to help you out in situations like that. Parental leave, paid time off, paid holidays, employee profit sharing. We've got a great profit sharing program at my office that's, you know, it's essentially a separate retirement account. Employee discounts, these things could be for like, you know, cell phones or vehicle plans. Sometimes there's deals with some of your clients or just generally where you work. And the last one, reimbursed expenses. So some offices will give you a reimbursement for your cell phone or other travel expenses, things like that. So many benefits, but we need to take advantage of them, right? So Nathan, I hope this review of the Dependent Care FSA and then my subsequent tangent on other workplace benefits was helpful, I hope your wife enjoys her new gig and you two can both take advantage of the benefits that she has offered for her. A great place to start with this conversation is with her HR representative. That is exactly why they have their job. If you have a question like Daniel or Nathan, please leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsmoney.com slash voicemail. It is so fun to hear these questions and it makes for a great podcast, too. <laughs> but if you want to email me, that's cool at Andy at MarriageKidsMoney.com or hit me up on Facebook like these guys did at Facebook.com slash Andy Hill MKM. Hey, everybody, we are live with Cody Barbo and Patrick Hicks from Trust and Will. And we're going to be discussing the importance of a trust when it comes to protecting our family wealth and legacy. Welcome to the show, Cody and Patrick. Hey, thanks for having us. This is great, guys. Thank you so much. You know, I, it was so funny. I literally was outside yesterday. I was swinging uh, my kids on the swing, and my wife was out there, and I said, hey, tomorrow night I'm going to do a live with some some guys who know all about trusts and wills, and she's like, ah, I have a million questions. And so, so pretty much this live is going to be pretty much based on what my wife wanted to know about trust if you guys are cool with that so
1: <laughs> i'm curious what everybody else wants to know about estate planning so exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly that's why that's why we're here that's why we're doing this so so i have a, a qu- couple questions right off the bat so just to level set with everybody let's talk about what a trust is
2: so you know you can get really detailed in the legal definition but really a trust is a way to own property and say what happens when you die And that's really what most people want to know about. There's a lot of really technical, legal ways to define that, but it's how you own property and what happens when you die. Okay. So what's the difference between then a trust and a will?
0: And I know you guys uh, are based on your company name, trust and will, Uh, you know a little bit about both. So what are the the major differences?
2: So the trust and wills are both different types of estate planning documents. They they have a lot of overlap, they have a lot of differences. Um, A will is really old, almost 500 years old, the concept of a will. It does the same thing in that it gets your property where you want it to go after death, but that's about it. It's a very simple document. The downside of a will is you does have to go through probate in most cases. A trust is a more modern development. It gives you a lot more control over what happens, when it happens, exactly what you want to have happen. If you have an 18-year-old child, do you want them to get all of your money or do you want to stress it out a little bit more? It's a more complex, more modern document that gives you a lot more control over what happens.
0: Okay, cool. So you use the word probate. Tell us what probate is and why is it such a scary place that nobody wants to go?
2: So probate is the process where you prove the validity of a will and say, yes, this is a legally valid will and we're going to uphold it as a matter of law. It's a court process and, and they go through and they look to say, has this met the legal requirements? Has it been signed? Is it an authentic document? Does it meet each of the requirements? Just the really basic legal technical requirements. It should be simple, but it's not. Courts are underfunded, overwhelmed, it can take you know, a year, two years in some places, cost a lot of money, $20,000 just to have your will proven to be valid and then in terms of your will actually
1: carried out. And it can get messy too. It's it's unfortunate that probate is where often families get torn apart and a lot of members of our team that have dealt with that in the past, it's actually part of the reason why we started the company is to try and help families out there.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So. So since it's not a good thing to do, if we have the trust set in place, do we avoid probate altogether? Is that what you're saying?
2: Most of the time, yes. That's exactly what happens. You either avoid it or you minimize it to the point where it doesn't really matter. It's not a big of a hassle. But so the, the goal of a trust is to either eliminate it entirely or to carve it down to such a small, minor detail that you barely even know what happens.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that that sounds all warm and fuzzy. I like that. I like avoiding trouble and not paying overly crazy fees. Uh, and uh, keeping my family out of trouble so this really is a situation so I'm going to use me and my wife as an example because again this is this is really for my wife this whole show um, <laughs> and everybody else's wife's out there or husband's for that matter so if I were to pass away then she's good because we've got the stuff in the will at this point but if we were both to pass away that's really where we're concerned right now when it comes to our trust and our kids is that right
1: Yeah, you're you're spot on. I mean, regardless of what stage you are in your life, what level of wealth you have, what financial decisions you've made so far, the number one reason why people even start to think about a state planning is their kids. And it's pretty staggering that there's 64 million uh, parents in this country with minor children, but only 30% of them have a will, which means 45 million parents have kids with no will, no plan, no guardians in place. And you know, the hypothetical situation of the plane crash or the bus crash, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's the emotional cord that it's parents. And that's where we're trying to kind of get this into people's hands and do it in an easy way.
0: Okay. So let's talk about, cause there's lots of terms out there. Very confusing. What is a live, a living revocable trust? Cause I've watched the Susie Orman show for like 12 years <laughs> and she yells at everybody when they don't have that. And I know that I wouldn't get an A grade from her because I didn't have that. So t-
2: tell us what that part is. Sure. A living revocable trust is one type of trust. It is living because it's created during your lifetime and it's revocable because you can revoke it. And there's a a whole lot of legal background into that. But what that really means is it gives you a lot of flexibility to make sure that your trust evolves and adapts. As your life situation changes, you can update and amend your trust. If something happens, you need to get rid of your trust, you can revoke it and get rid of it. But you still get that great benefit of not only saying where your assets go, but avoiding probate along the way.
0: Excellent. Okay. So let's talk about then who a trust is for. You mentioned, you know, it it could really work for everybody. But if I don't have a lot of assets, let's just say I'm, I don't know, I'm married, I got a couple kids, and I've got a boatload of student loan debt, I got $100,000 in debt and no assets is a do I need a trust? I mean, what assets am I actually protecting at that point?
2: Asset levels and total wealth is one of the considerations of whether or not you need a trust. And if you get over a couple hundred thousand, and that would include something like your house, even if you still own it, a couple hundred thousand, that's kind of where the point where you should start at least considering a trust um, for, for the probate savings alone. But the other thing to consider is if you do have young children, if you have a will and you were to die and leave everything to your children, the day your children turn 18, all that money is immediately theirs. And you know, an 18 year old that inherits a couple hundred thousand dollars, they may decide, hey, college isn't worth it, or I'm just gonna go ahead and retire and travel the world, or do a whole lot of things that most 18 year olds wanna do. And most parents probably would not want their 18 year old to do. Oh so, what a trust would you do is say, I want my money to go to my children, but I want it to go over time. I wanted to get it at age 25, or I'm gonna get half at 25 and half at 35. You get a little more control. And so, that's something, even if it's not driven by your total assets, The fact that you have young children, it gives you that control over how they receive your assets.
0: Hmm. So, Cody, earlier you mentioned that there are a ton of people that aren't doing the trust or aren't doing the will. Why do you think that is?
1: Yeah, I mean, just I'll start with the numbers alone. Only half of all adults have gone through this process. And when you look across generations, 40% of boomers still haven't done it, 50% of Gen X and 80% of millennials. And half of us millennials are 30 to 40 now. Like we're not young kids. We're kind of entering those peak years of our career and family life. So I wanted to illustrate number one, it has nothing to do with age. It also doesn't have a lot to do with wealth. I think it really just comes down to procrastination, if I'm being completely honest. And it comes down to the fact that people just don't want to think about death. It's an uncomfortable subject for people. So part of the the goal of of trust and Mull and how we want to kind of reshape perception of estate planning in general is to give it a brand of positivity, that estate planning can be this act of love and that you're doing it for your family to preserve your legacy more so than just having to think of your immortality. Excellent. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I got
0: a couple questions coming in from uh, Katie right now uh, from our live audience here. Katie wants to know. How does a trust affect if you own a business? Can you incorporate that into your trust? How does that work?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Depending on the the details of how your business is set up. But if you, if you have a corporation or partnership, LLC, something like that that is an actual entity, you can absolutely put that in your trust. Just the same way you could put your house in, you could put your bank in, you could put your business in. And that gives you that same ability to pass that down to someone else and still avoid probate. If you have a business interest that goes through probate, one of the complexities is you could have a situation where you own a business you die there's no one left to run that business and your business would essentially evaporate all of the all the value you've built up there's there's nobody that can take over there's no one that can operate that putting it in a trust you've got a trustee named you've got someone designated that can kind of keep it going almost seamlessly
0: Okay. Excellent. Well, well, one more follow-up question from Katie here. She wants to know, are there certain time frames that you can stipulate in your will when your kids would then receive money? So say maybe like 18 years old, 25 years old, et cetera. Is that stuff that you can
2: incorporate? Uh, you can do that in a will. It gets a little more complicated because then you're stretching your will out over a period of time. It's, it's easier in a lot of ways and, and generally preferable for most people to do that through a trust. And you can definitely do that in a trust. You can say to get it. At age 25, they can get it over 15 year period. You can set all types of different conditions through a trust. Got it. So it's a little bit more complicated with the will. The trust makes
0: it a little easier because you can be a little bit more flexible. Correct. Excellent. Okay. All right. So let's talk about uh, your your group and how you guys make this a little easier for people. So talk to us about what trust and will does and how you guys help with the process.
1: Yeah, so a quick backstory uh, to Trust and Will and, and most of our team is we're all starting these like exciting life events. I got married a year and a half ago. We got guys like Patrick who just became a dad. This is like a really relevant topic for us as we go through our own life journey. And we really wanted to kind of help the everyday American family take these next steps to not be a part of that statistic, ending up in probate, ending up in the messy side of estate planning. So with Trust and Will, we've streamlined the process to get from start to finish in anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes, depending on which product you choose. In a traditional sense, if you were to go to an attorney, you'd spend hours, if not days or weeks, working with them to get incredibly granular when most people just need a basic estate plan. So we unbundled that with three products that we brought to market. The first, as Patrick has highlighted for most of today's conversation, is a revocable trust. A little more complex but definitely for someone who is a homeowner or has built up that net worth for somebody who just wants something in place the will is the perfect option it's 69 and 129 for an individual or couples will really just gets the basics uh, set across but even for that young parent who doesn't have a house who hasn't built up their assets that doesn't want to think about death we have a brand new product the first of its kind called Guardian which really is just as the name suggests it's a nomination of Guardian form it literally takes five minutes and we have a super cool promotion going on this month where we're actually giving it away for free, in line with the launch of our new commercial called "Do It For Me," which we'll have to share with your followers. It's really fun.
0: I love that commercial. It was hilarious. You, what you guys are doing with your marketing and advertising is is genius. That's kind of my my my, my full time gig. Is I'm in marketing and advertising. I love what you guys are doing there. It's very cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely put that in the comments section for everybody to check out. Yeah.
1: So those are, those are the three products we brought to market and really for us, the vision for the company is we want to be that TurboTax for estate planning. We want to be the national player that the everyday family can choose and can think off the top of their head and tell their friends and family about to make this as easy, approachable and affordable as a process. Well, Cody,
0: so there's somebody listening and saying, you know what, I have heard that the trust and will process always needs to happen through a lawyer. I should probably meet with my lawyer. Why, why should they be able to trust you guys in your process uh, just as much as a lawyer?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I am a lawyer. and I've, I've been in the state planning for my entire career. <laughs> and so that's, that's my role here is I've, I've brought that experience and those processes and all that legal information and knowledge into trust and will. And so we've created fantastic software that builds on not only my knowledge experience, but our other legal advisors as well. So we can take all of our collective information and knowledge we've gained over years of practice, put it into software that makes it easy for anyone who has not gone to law school and has not incurred that debt to still go out and make their own estate planning. It can be complicated, but it doesn't have to be. And for most people it
1: is not. And so they can use a product like ours to make it simple, fast, and easy. Yeah. And to get one step deeper on that is the documents that are generated for every customer are state specific and come with state specific instructions on how to make it legally valid, which would include signature, a notary or witness signatures. And what's nice about it being an online platform is if you make any changes or you want to make any changes as life events start to take place, you can come back in, make those. They're all included in that first year and then reprint the documents and just follow those uh, instructions to make it legally valid again. Excellent. That is trustandwill.com,
0: A-N-D, and uh, you guys can check them out and take care of your family with this process that evidently only 30% of parents are taken advantage of. So uh, let's all jump on it, take care of our families. That's something I know that I'm learning right now, and I'm going to go upstairs and tell my wife about it, if she's not watching already, uh, about a trust that we need for our family. So Cody and Patrick, thank you so much for taking time with us tonight, and we really appreciate you imparting this knowledge, and best of luck with your mission on equipping parents to take care of their families.
1: Yeah, it's our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Another jam packed episode, my friends, we chatted with Daniel about how to keep pushing forward and paying down his $103,000 of debt. We helped Nathan and his wife take full advantage of her new workplace benefits And then we learned from Cody and Patrick from Trust and Will about why our family needs a trust. I hope you came away with some action steps because I definitely did. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any one of these three things to support this show. Number one, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Number two, share this episode with a friend who's looking to crush debt, save money at work, or protect their family with a trust. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 146. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 146. And then number three, the last thing, leave me a review in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Those reviews help more people to find this show. So we received four reviews since last month's giveaway offer of Broke Millennial by Aaron Lowry, Retire Early with Real Estate by Chad Carson, and Freelance to Freedom by Vincent Puglisi. And to help me pick a winner this week, I've got my assistant Zoe Hill here to help me once again. What is going on, Zoe Hill? I'm great. You're great? Hey, I heard you had some really good jokes the other day. I thought maybe you could share one of those with the audience. What do you think? Yeah. Why did the cell phone need glasses? Why? Because it lost all its contacts. Oh, that's a good one. You've You've got a lot of zingers lately. Where have you been learning all these jokes? Nowhere. Nowhere? You just make them up by yourself? Oh, I see. Okay, okay. All right, well, let's do our thing here, Zoe Hill. We've got those four reviews, so can you talk to our electronic friend here and ask her what's your request?
1: Alexa, pick a number between zero and four. Your random number between zero and four is
0: three. All right, our third review comes in from minty one nine seven five who gives it five stars thank you minty here is zoe reading our review i can't get enough of this podcast i will definitely stay tuned for a long time to come that was awesome thank you so much minty 1975 and thank you zoe hill for being here again and reading that long review which was very nice and i really appreciate you being here so you're gonna come back and we can do this again no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You better show up. I no, need no, you. No. <laughs> Next month, we're going to do the same thing and choose from one of these three books. One of my favorite books from past guests, Broke Millennial by Aaron Lowry, Retire Early with Real Estate by Chad Carson, and Freelance to Freedom by Vincent Puglisi. And I will email you once Zoe and I have done our random Alexa choosing, and you can pick a book that you'd like. And minty 1975. I need you to send me an email, man, or lady, whoever Minty is, because I don't have your contact information, so we can give you one of these books. But again, thank you so much for that great review, and Zoe, I love you. This month on the show, we have an excellent lineup. Next Monday, August 12th, we've got award-winning financial podcaster, Chris Browning, and he's going to share how he accumulated a boatload of credit card debt right when he got married and then how he eliminated it. The Monday after that, August 19th, our Mortgage Freedom segment continues with Stephen Donovan, who shares how house hacking helped him eliminate his mortgage. And then I share how to throw a budget party to aid in the debt crushing process. The Monday after that, August 26th, award-winning financial journalist Cameron Huddleston is going to join me and she's going to share how we can talk to our aging parents about their money, and financial situation, and why we need to do it sooner than later. This is going to be a fantastic month. July was the best month on record for the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast. More people listened to the show last month than ever before, and I know that August is going to be even better. Thank you all so much for your support as we grow this show. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Jim Quick. Knowledge is power. You hear it all the time, but knowledge is not power. It's only potential power. It only becomes power when we apply it and use it. Somebody who reads a book and doesn't apply it, they're at no advantage over someone who's illiterate. None of it works unless you work. We have to do our part. If knowing is half the battle, action is the second half of the battle. Let's put our knowledge into action, my friends. Carpe diem!